Hello, I'm Samia Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher, author, filmmaker, and the founder of Impeak. My guest on today's podcast is G Money, an entrepreneur and investor who is innovating in the lifestyle and luxury space for the crypto native audience. This is his second time on the show, this time giving us more detail about the recent announcement of his new brand, 90CC. So uh, last time you were here, G, uh, you said uh, certain things that you couldn't uh, mention publicly yet. So that time has hopefully come right now. Uh, can you tell us exactly what the recent announcement was and what your plans are? And then we will take it from there. I've also got a lot of questions from people here. All right, cool. Yeah, well, thanks for, for having me back on. I think our conversation last time was really good. So uh, excited and happy to be back on. So yeah, so last... Thursday on, uh, I don't know the exact date, but last Thursday, we announced that uh, we were launching 90CC, which is uh, a crypto native luxury uh, lifestyle fashion brand. And, you know, it's been like super exciting because it's stuff that uh, I've been working on for, for a while. And it's stuff that my vision that I've had for a really long time. So it's been like really, really cool and fun. And the reception has been uh, great. Uh, and just like, I'm just super excited about like the possibilities of, of what can happen with this and you know the cool stuff the the community building in the real world and and stuff that i know that i can work on and and do and you know that's kind of like the high level overview i i i know you have a bunch of questions so like you know maybe the best way to go about it is you you know you just ask me the questions that you're curious about and and we can kind of go from there so let's start with the name so can you explain where you got the inspiration for the name and uh how come you didn't just use admit one yeah, so the name was, I, I wanted it to be super crypto native. And this was, you know, as I was thinking about the naming of the brand, I wanted something that would be super crypto native, but also not intimidatingly crypto native, because I think that that's one of those things where even you take a look at like some of the projects where people like they associate that with NFTs and like, oh, like that's NFTs. I don't like that. <clears throat> and so I wanted something that it's like, if you know, you know, type of thing. And uh, when I look at my wallets, so like, you know, if you and me were to, if I were to send you money or you were to send me money uh, via crypto, when I copy and paste my wallet, I know my wallets by the last four digits of, of my wallet address to make sure that I copy and pasted the entire thing. So I usually name my, my personal wallets by the last four, right? So I'm like, oh, this is like that wallet, this is that wallet. And so uh, when I was like, okay, when I name the brand, I want to name the wallet that will be the source of truth like that's the name that's the brand of the wallet right so like you know we we picked a wallet address that we liked that we thought like flowed nicely like when you said it uh, but also looked well aesthetically and like we liked and, and and stuff like that so that was really why we chose 90cc because to me it's very crypto native where if you know uh, that is the wallet address but also if you don't know you know, you're probably like a little bit intrigued and but you're not intimidated. So that was really the reasoning for for the choice of a wallet address for the name. Very, uh, very cool. Um, very geeky as well. So um, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about whether the choice of um, using the ending of the wallet as the name. Does this also have something to do with the fact that, you know, in the luxury space, let's say, for example, you buy um, a Louis Vuitton bag, right? Or a, let's say Hermes bag. So 
it, they never actually tell you how many of them they created. You know, like on, on the blockchain, you will be able to actually verify how many of something there is. So does this have something to do with that? Like with the fact that, you know, there's a wallet, you know, and, and this connection with the, with the blockchain uh, that enables you to verify exactly the, what's in it and, and the number of things that's, that's in it. What, was that also thinking there, that kind of like a nod to the blockchain uh, and its ability to actually verify things? Yeah, well, that 1000% is the case, right? Like you take a look at artists and creators in the space when they, uh, you know, release a new piece or, you know, do a new drop, right? Like you want you want that provenance, right? Of, you know, who's the artist that made it? What wallet did they make it from? Is, there, is this their wallet? And things like that. And I think that that is really what's super important, right? And I wanted to make sure that the that the pieces and the drops that we do are linked to this wallet so that you know that you have that provenance as the end user, right? Because that to me is like, I'm very much operating from the space of what is it that I want to see as a consumer that I would appreciate, right? And one of those things is certifiable scarcity, right? Like if I buy something I want and I'm spending a good amount of money on it, I wanna know if, a thousand of them were made or a hundred thousand of them were made, right? Because that obviously affects uh, the scarcity of, of that asset. And so to me, like that's very much the space I want to play in because that's something that I want to see as a consumer that I would appreciate. And I think most most people would as well, right? Like, you know, even we've seen that uh, with the rise of, of art, right? In the NFT space and especially generative art, where generative art you can make infinity in, infinity iterations of something as long as you have the algorithm running. But we've seen that artists that kind of, you know, Fidenza is a great example, Chromie Squiggles is a great example where, you know, the, the artist will choose to do X number of iterations and that is officially it. You can run the algorithm forever, right? And you can generate uh, continuous source code at an output, but that run, that limited run is exactly the number that are are in existence. And so to me, it's like, okay, that obviously uh, works in art, right? For collectors, why wouldn't it work for fashion and for luxury goods, right? Where those are pieces of art in their own right, right? Like, and, and designers coming up with amazing things and, and creating like amazing experiences. Like, to me, that's like the next, the next industry that makes sense for blockchain tech to be utilized. Definitely. So last time when we spoke after the recording, we drew the, this comparison with legacy luxury brands okay. and say, look, you could say that if you have a board ape or even a punk, right? These are essentially a luxury brand in, in mm -hmm. themselves, right? Like in the digital space, that's how people flex. You know, they put that as their avatar. Now for the legacy luxury brands wanting to come into this space how do you think this will pan out do you think that they're going to actually let me ask you this question would you say that your brand is the first in terms of creating this type of luxury and actual kind of like physical luxury uh tied to the blockchain or are you aware of others uh, i think there are other people that are uh linking assets to the blockchain I don't know. I'm probably the first that are trying to do like a luxury type item, right? Um, 
I, I think it's, I'm the first crypto native uh, luxury brand. Like obviously we've had, we've already seen some of the, the luxury houses already dabble in the space and, and do some things, but they're not crypto native, right? They're, the reason why they are the brands that they are is because of the heritage that they have. Um, but I do think that we will see, there will be plenty of space for multiple houses to be born of the crypto native space, right? From being being fully crypto native and, and catering to the crypto native consumer, which I think ultimately will broaden and widen over time as crypto tech becomes widely adopted. So, you know, I think for me, I'm not the first because I know that people are already linking, have been linking physical product to blockchain. Uh, for me, I know I was waiting for the time when it made sense to me of some of technology existing that would be scalable uh, to link a physical to a digital. And I think this is a, a good segue to talk about like the tech behind it in general, right? I'm going to be linking a NFT to a physical through an NFC chip, right? And so the reason why I waited so long, because I wanted to do something with this and I very much believe in the co-mingling of uh, the connectedness of the digital realm coming into the physical realm and vice versa, because we are at the end of the day, physical beings, even though we will be living in a more technological future, we will still be having a human experience where no matter what, you will be wearing clothes every day, so will I. And so like, to me, it's like, this is only like part of that experience. But what I saw uh, a lot last year, because I had a lot of conversations talking to uh, people that were trying to link the physical to the digital realm, was that a lot of it was push technology, right? So what I mean by that is, you know, if I had an NFT linked to this shirt that I'm wearing right now, and you bought that shirt from me, I would give you the shirt, you would give me the money, and then I would have to go home and send you the NFT to your wallet. Right. And so to me, that doesn't really scale very well, because as soon as we get that that exchange of of uh, monetary exchange, I'm then not incentivized to do anything. Right. And that's why I think we've seen a lot of like the breaking down of the physical and the digital. Right. We've seen that with Fidenzas. We've seen that with the people every day is where a lot of times people uh, at the moment, people are putting more value on the digital than the physical. But I think me as a collector and what I would like to see is like, why can't I have them linked together forever so that, you know, I, I think at some point we'll probably see some sort of movement where people will be trying to bring pieces, you know, the NFT and the physical that were broken apart back together, right? And so I think there will probably be a premium for pieces that have both those both those uh, parts connected because the NFT also acts as, even though you can view that in the metaverse, it acts as proof of authenticity. And so that to me, because of the way the tech and, and everyone was showing me the tech at the time, it, it just wasn't scalable to me, right? Like that doesn't necessarily scale where I have to, we, we do the transaction, then I have to go home and send it to you. And we've already seen that it, it just hasn't been working um, in general. What really excited me was in, in early January, it was either late December, or early January, I'm an LP in a fund and, and they asked me to take a look. They thought I might be interested in investing in uh, this company called IYK, uh, who is very much focused on linking the digital to the physical. And, you know, we went over it uh, and, you know, like it was a quick, I'm like, listen, I, I understand uh, the technology. So just tell me like the way you guys will be implementing it. And so they told me the way they were doing it. I'm like, wow, this is pull tech, right? So what that means is in that same exact scenario uh, that I just mentioned to you, uh, as soon as we exchange the money and the shirt, 
now you have physical possession of the shirt, you can pull the NFT into your wallet whenever you want. You can do it right then and there. You can do it six months from now, whatever. And you don't need me to do anything else, right? Like, And that to me is scalable. You don't need anybody else to do anything else. As long as you have physical possession of the shirt, you can then pull the NFT into the wallet that you want, right? Whether it's, you know, your, your mobile wallet, your main wallet, whatever it is, but now you have that proof of authenticity that moves with it. And that to me is a scalable solution, right? Where you are now enabling a lot of people to have these microtransactions without some sort of secondary step. That was the aha moment where I'm like, this is really cool and this is really scalable. And this is actually linking the physical to the digital so that they travel together over time, which to me is much more valuable, right? Because having that one, and it acts as that proof of authenticity that travels with it and that proof of provenance, which to me as a consumer, I want, right? Like, you know, we've seen plenty of things, you know, like fake, you know, designer bags, fake t-shirts, fake everything, right? That you, sometimes you don't know. It's like, you could have bought this at a knockoff, uh, flea market, or you could have gone into the store, but like having that proof of authenticity that travels with it, you know, I think, I think is incredible. It's like, to your point, exactly with like the PFPs, um, you know, like you can go, you can go back and find my ape, uh, uh, and my purchase and know exactly how much I paid for it. And you're like, oh, that is the real ape. And like, you know, we, we've seen it plenty of times on Twitter where people are like, wait, that's not your PFP. You don't own that, right? So that to me is like the cool thing is like you're bringing that same concept into the real world. And that to me is what what's the most exciting. Yeah, definitely. What do you think is going to be the end game for a brand like yours? Will it be eventually to... Uh, get acquired by one of the big houses or will it be that you will continue to grow it in a way that um, actually overtakes them so let me give you an example let's see for example Huda Katan um, you probably know her uh, so she um, is a great example of a brand that she built that scaled really well and she didn't necessarily sell it like she kept uh, you know that that brand itself and in many ways you could say that she is like the modern day version of you know say something like Lancome or Estee Lauder or something like that so she became her own brand same thing with like the Kardashians for example so do you think that eventually these big brands are going to try and buy some of the crypto native brands to get that kind of uh, access to, to that audience um, because in some ways for me, it's not very exciting to see, uh, let's say, Dolce Gabbana, you know, on, on, on the blockchain. It's kind of like, it's a sim in a similar way that um, how they tried to utilize social media, they were never digital to it. You know, it's, it's right. quite difficult for them to get that right. Um, I think if they do really apply themselves and truly manage to nail that, then it's nice, but most of the time it's not the case. So most of the time they try to you know, use the power of influencers or, or buy other brands. What do you think is going to be the end game for both, uh, I'd say for, for crypto native brands that, uh, that are building in this space and the other kind of legacy brands? I think that that's a really good question. It's something I've thought a lot about, right? Uh, with regards to me and what my end game is, I can't say, you know, we just launched it. I, I have an idea of, you know, what, how I think this plays out over time. And I just, I want to have all options available to me uh, at all times, right? So I, I don't want to make any commitments to anything. When I think about, you know, what these brands will do, and I, I, I think it's interesting because it's like, you know, 
to come out and announce that you're launching a luxury brand and the first drop being a t-shirt is kind of like a little counterintuitive, right? You're like, that's not what's really very luxurious about a t-shirt. But like, to me, it's like, I think to the point that that you said earlier, where, you know, we see Bored Apes, we see punks, and they are luxury brands. You know, you're talking about an asset that costs $100,000 to buy, that that is a luxury product, right? And so I think what we're going to see is probably a redefinition of what a luxury product is, right? Um, you know, and that to me is like kind of my launching for the brand of like, I want, I'm going to be doing things and making things that I want to personally see as a consumer that I want to make, that I want to wear, that I want to be associated with, that I think other people might be interested in as well, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there will be people that like it and there'll be people that don't like it. And that's fine because it's not for everybody. But I do think that to your point is I think as these legacy brands look into the space there's, they're going to have two options, right? They're either going to have to make their own crypto native brand or basically acquire talent from the space. And the way you acquire talent is either you have to buy them out and bring them in house or, you know, like try to find them natively and create that brand. So I think at them, at some point it becomes a cost benefit analysis and time benefit analysis for them of what it is that they want to do. And I think just like in every other vertical, there's, there's not going to be any necessarily right or wrong way to do things, but people will be, will be acting differently. Right. But I, I do think that there will be plenty of space for a lot of creators in the space uh, that, you know, these brands, like to your point of the Dolce & Gabbana is like, you know, I'm sure that now the team knows Web3 decently, but how different would their strategy be if they had a really, really, really crypto native person running their Web3 strategy right out of the gate, right? And I think that that's probably why you're going to see a lot of crypto native uh, brands and, and IP really like kind of like take the lead is because they're just we're all just going to be much smaller, nimbler, faster to react, uh, finger on the pulse much more, right? Where, you know, you don't need to, to turn around and get your boss's, boss's, boss's approval because there's a lot of, you know, brand equity. There's, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars worth of brand equity behind Dolce & Gabbana already that they have to be very careful of how they tread, right? Whereas with 90CC, I have my vision and I don't have to answer to anybody. It's like, this is my vision. This is the way I want to go. And it's very uh, native to crypto thinking. So I think you're going to probably see a lot of acquisitions at some point. And then, but then you're also going to have brands that probably will go at it uh, on their own and, you know, try to do it. And I think just like in the real world, you'll see some, some uh, really successful implementations and some not so successful ones, but it doesn't necessarily matter which route you go. I just, I think ultimately crypto tech will be utilized uh, in the fashion space going forward. Uh, and it's just a question of when, not if. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now um, when I was talking to some people on uh, different Discord channels about Admit One and um, you know your, your plan to build a luxury lifestyle brand, there were quite a lot of people, uh, mostly young gentlemen, who would say, um, like it's not gonna work you know in our space because people don't care about luxury but i think that's because most of the people who are in the crypto space right now they're early adopters they're geeky people who are you know um who are like just at their in their computer all the time 
they are not wearing something on, on camera, you know, most of the time they are anonymous and pseudonymous, etc. So they don't really care about that aspect. Um, but as new people come into the space, those people are going to care, I think. So um, what would you say to people who, like, you know, early adopters who may say, uh, luxury, you know, that's like, that's for the old world, you know, who cares about luxury these days? I, I love this question because uh, I've been having this conversation for over a year now where people are like, what do you think is next, right? And if you take a look at last summer and what people, everyone thought was next, what would take crypto mainstream, everyone was like, oh, play to earn, right? Gaming. Like I, I saw so many pitches for gaming and the ability and the possibility to invest in all these gaming assets. I'm like, listen, like making a game is much harder than you think, right? Like there are gaming companies in the, you know, in web two that spend tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars on creating a game over three to five years and they release that game and it flops. So why do you think you have the secret sauce of raising like 5 million bucks to release a game that is going to be a hit, right? Like I, to me that like a lot of it, but I, I think to your point is like, you have a lot of adopters and a lot of uh, nerds that sit in front of a computer that grew up playing video games. So like, oh yeah, video games is how we reach the masses, right? And what that this reminds me, and I, I, I specifically remember I was talking to a VC um, at dinner, uh, this was maybe like almost a year ago at this point, where he was like, what do you think is next? And I'm like, luxury goods. It's without a doubt, in my opinion, luxury goods. And he's like, no, he's like, look around the table. Nobody here is wearing any branded, you know, any, any, uh, any branded product. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is a anomaly, right? This is a small sub-segment of the population that does it, that cares about the tech more than they care about, let's say, uh, the lifestyle or signaling. And that to me reminds me a lot of when I bought my CryptoPunk, where when I bought my punk, like if you go back and look at like the responses to my thread, people were like, you're an idiot, copy paste, uh, right click save, like, you know, this is like, this is definitely not worth it, blah, blah, blah. And now today it's common, it's common knowledge, right? And like, you know, people are like, oh yeah, you buy a PFP, you display it as your profile picture and it's a signal of some sort. But at the time, you know, people didn't get it, right? And I, and that was my opportunity. That was my, where I, at the, especially at the time, I was like, I'm seeing the space very differently than most people. I'm going to go out there and pitch my, my thesis and kind of talk about the world the way I see it. And at the, at first people didn't understand it, but then over time today, it's common knowledge. Like I, you know, I, I don't even tweet about it because everybody knows that. Right. But to me, now we see the same the same thing in like the the real world space right where i you know i've been to a lot of crypto conferences people spend a lot of money on clothes right not everybody but there are like some people that will go out there and i see them decked head to toe in designer gear uh and like we are as a community we are looking for a crypto native solution that has the same quality that sends a lot of the same signals but also says and I'm crypto native, right? And so that doesn't exist, right? Like if if I were to to go, you know, walk into Chandelier and you know go buy at my favorite stores and walk out, and I'd be wearing an outfit that I bought there, none of that would say that I am a crypto native person. 
I, and so to me, it's like, we need a solution as a community that says all the same things that wearing one of those brands would say and signal, but also say, I am crypto native. So to me, like there are, there won't, there'll be a lot of people that will be like, oh, that shirt's not for me. Like that brand is not for me. That's not what I am for. And, and that's fine. Like I get tons of cool, comfortable swag and merch from a lot of different things. But like me personally, I don't necessarily like that's great for wearing around the house, but that's not something I want to wear in public. Like I want to wear personally something that I can wear in public with pride that says, hey, I am crypto native. I am successful. I am all these things that I, I personally like to signal in my style um, and also say I'm crypto native. Right. And so that to me is I think as we go mainstream, even though we have this small sub subsegment of the population that is early adopters that don't necessarily care about this like the majority of the world, like we live in a consumerist society, right? Uh, at this point, you know, the, from the Far East all the way to the West that, you know, we are, we have been conditioned over the last, you know, 80 years that, you know, as consumerists that you need to buy something in order to signal this or whatever it is, and that won't stop anytime soon. And so that to me is like, as we, we talk about crypto going from, you know, let's say, uh, less than 1% of the world's population to, you know, 50 to 80% penetration, we're going to need those, everything that exists in the real world, we need the same thing to be existing in crypto. Yeah, definitely. And I actually would go as far as saying one of the other areas, the next probably thing would be around food um, and consumption of, um, you know, things like even supplements and, and uh, you know, when you think about organic food, for example, you know, like this is this is just prime uh, example of something where you can use a crypto native brand to um, to show that, uh, you know, what you are buying is truly organic, you know, how it was created, uh, you know, where it comes from, who are the people who are behind it. So um, I think people who care about quality over quantity are going to be really attracted to this solution. Um, you know, when I look at my closet, I don't have like tons and tons of um, bags, you know, like I have like three or four bags, they are designer and that's all I need. And they're good quality, they will last forever, you know, and, and like that's all I need. So one of the biggest problems that we have in this world right now is overconsumption and, and like too many things like fast fashion, fast food, you know, too many things that are not good for you and then, uh, you know, and, and are not good for the planet. So we all could do with uh, consuming less. You know, we know, for example, that from a, a longevity science perspective, it has been proven that one of the things that makes you live longer is eating less and like being in a, in a slight um, calorie deficit. I'm not talking about starvation, but a slight calorie deficit. Deficit, and in a similar way, I would say that like we just consume too many things. We just have too many stuff, and I think that that's another way that I think maybe it will start with um, high-end fashion and high-end luxury, but it can then go into more like accessible fashion and luxury, accessible things, and then I think it will be food. So I'd like to hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a very valid point, right? And I think I think it, right now it starts at high-end fashion just because, let's say, of the throughput of, of transactions and block size and stuff like that, right? Where uh, in order for a transaction to happen, you know, it, 
you know, it, it doesn't make sense if you're going to be paying more in the transaction costs than it would be for like the actual value of like the NFT or whatever. So I, I totally agree. And I, I'm very much, you know, I, as any person that's focused on self-improvement and, you know, making myself a better person, one of the, as you take a look at like, it's like, okay, when you want to improve on something, what are the steps that you take? The first step is like actually tracking the results, right? And recording things, right? And then from there, you start analyzing and be like, okay, well, you know, when I notice, when I do this, this is better and that, that's better. So like taking that concept and talking about sustainability, right? The first thing is like being like, okay, well, first let's record the transactions. Let's see, you know, when you actually, it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, like you go to a fast fashion store and they make like, you know, a hundred thousand of each product every season. That number isn't like as a human, you just don't quantify Yeah, a hundred thousand here, a hundred thousand there. It doesn't, I don't really see it. But when you start seeing it on the blockchain and you start seeing like, oh, there's actually like a hundred thousand of these shirts that are made and like, you know, 30,000 of them don't get claimed right? Or like whatever, right? Then you start saying, okay, well, how can we do to optimize, you know, sustainability and things like that? So that to me is like step one is first just recording, recording things, getting that data and then figuring out what to do with that data. But like, once you start recording the data, you start becoming conscious of it. And then you start, you know, and we already see it, right? I think, I think when you take a look at the younger, at younger generations compared to older generations is like, People are much more conscious about the environment, much more conscious about the effects um, of their of their shopping habits or their spending habits and how that affects not just the environment, but their community. Right. And, and their friends. And so I think the first step is recording things. And then the second step will once we have that data, then we can start analyzing that data for better solutions. So I think this is like step one towards sustainability, which we've already seen. I think you've seen a lot of brands starting, you know, putting NFC chips, you know, QR codes, RFID chips, and all these things into certain products for their own probably quality control internally. But then I think the next step of that is like making that data available to consumers and kind of like open sourcing that, right? And like, that's the beauty of crypto is that you're able to open source these things so that anybody that has access to this data that is a data scientist can then come up with a solution that maybe you wouldn't have thought about all on your own, right? And that's, I think, the beauty of, of open source and blockchain. I really like what you said there about the fact that this is just the first step. And, and the first step is to actually capture the data. Because once we, once we capture it, then we can start making the connections and, and thinking, okay, how can we use this data to make the world a better place for example maybe uh you know somehow your brand could look at you saying for example that you would reward people who are in some way contributing to uh you know the sustainability of the of the planet right so once all of that data comes unchained it makes a big difference at this moment you know with you starting out with with a t-shirt how do you differentiate that with merch. So what is the difference between something that you would call, let's say, merchandising of, say, an NFT brand, as opposed to you building an actual luxury lifestyle brand? I think a lot of it comes down to quality and attention to detail. Um, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed has been like this learning process of, of learning, you know, even like as we were designing the shirt and 
thinking about like the little details that I, you know, I've obviously worn shirts my entire life and, th- and being like learning about different things and different cuts and different uh, seams and all this stuff that I'm like, oh, okay. Like, how does this change the look, the aesthetic of it? Right. Like, and I think just like that attention to detail for me has been a really good learning experience. And then also like the quality of product. One of the things that like, I've been wearing uh, the sample of the shirt around for the last like month, month and a half. And it one, it feels very, it's a very comfortable shirt. I'm very happy like to wear it. And then also when like I show it to the people that I'm wearing, that I'm with and they're like, oh wow, like the fabric is like really good. It's like, you can tell it's a high quality product, but then also, right? Like I think just all of it coming together to me is like really what makes it special. Because like I said, it's a cut and sew piece where, you know, we, we went back multiple times. The The thing I'm really happy about is the designer uh, that I've been working with, uh, my, my head designer, uh, said that it was the most uh, luxurious feeling shirt he's ever worn. And so that to me is like, all right, cool, because that's exactly like the goal that I was going for, right? Like when you talk about also like just being crypto native, um, it's like, I understand, I wear t-shirts, right? I don't wear suits. Most people in crypto don't wear suits. So, you know, to make, to start off by making a suit um, or, you know, something that's, let's say high-end couture doesn't really target the crypto native consumer, but making something that is a very high quality shirt that, you know, you're on Zoom calls or you go to conferences and stuff like that, that you'd be wearing, that speaks to me. That speaks to me personally, because that's something I would wear. And I think that's something that a lot of people in the space would wear. So to me, I, I think the difference between the, the merch and, and, and the, the actual luxury product is for me, it's been like the journey, the attention to detail and just the sourcing of like the best products uh, and working with the best creatives in the world to, to make what I think is something that I would enjoy that I think others will end up enjoying as well. Definitely. And how do you think you're going to scale it? Because, or do you care about scaling? Because, you know, right now you've got um, a thousand people who will be allowed to claim these t-shirts. So is it going to be something that like this brand can only people in that thousand club can ever buy? And and what's the next step? Like, okay, once we have the t-shirt, what happens next? Uh, Are we going to see things that are going to be you know, more uh, style driven. I'm now wearing a dress, for example, you know. So is it like going to be catering to different styles, the different kind of feels, but how can you do that with when you have only a thousand people? Yeah, so I think that that's really interesting. That's something I've thought a lot about. Uh, to me, I very much, uh, at least at the outset, want to be playing into the scarcity uh, of it, right? The scarcity component. Because uh, when you think about scarcity and you think about NFTs, the only reason we're sitting here talking about NFTs on a global scale is because of the price action that's happened over the last 18 months. If NFTs hadn't done what they have done over the last 18 months, NFT would not have been the word of the year last year, right? Um, and so to me, there's there's something very valuable in, in having that price appreciation, having the community be part of it, having that scarcity um, model, right? And then I, I think... To me, I, I don't want to grow too fast, right? It's like the reason why I started and the reason why I, I made admit one a thousand members and not 5,000 or 10,000, because I could have easily done one of those, a larger number. But the reason why I stuck to a thousand was because I knew that, you know, along with all the other things that I'm working on, but I knew that if I was going to be making physical product, 
I didn't want, because of obviously supply chain issues as well, but also because of scarcity, uh, I didn't necessarily want, you know, to have to make, you know, 5,000 shirts or 10,000 shirts because, you know, I, I'm starting off brand new as a small supplier, uh, as a small, as a small brand. And I had that opportunity. It's always easy to grow bigger than it is to scale back, right? To start at 10,000 and then start doing smaller drops. It's just, it, you can't do that, right? It's easier to start at a thousand. And then if demand picks up and, you know, I see that there, there is a ton of demand for it, then I can start releasing more. And, you know, we have plenty, I have, I have plenty of ideas for how to grow the ecosystem uh, in an organic way uh, that, you know, I'm kind of, I'm holding as, you know, cards up my sleeve because I want to play with things. Right. And like, to me, I, this reminds me a lot. And like, there's a lot of similarities to kind of what, where I see the space right now and what I want to do with the brand that I did last year. Right. Like, so I use the crypto punk as an example where yes, like I saw that as a signal where the world, the world did not see it as a signal at that point in time. Uh, and now, like I see very similar things with regards to crypto native uh, signaling and that maybe people are like, oh, like people don't care about that. But I think people will long term. But also, like I remember when I did a scavenger hunt uh, last year at Bitcoin Miami, where I uh, did a three day event where people needed to go to a certain location, collect a POAP. Um, that, uh, you know, it was, it was maybe like a, a half a block or a block away from the actual convention itself. And all they had to do was probably take five minutes out of their day, go collect this POAP. They got like a gift certificate for like the location, like a $5 coffee or something. And, um, they, I, I said, you'll be rewarded at some point. Right. And I had no idea what, how I was going to reward them. The way they were rewarded was that those, uh, 11 people that collected across those days, there were 11 people that collected a POAP each day. Um, and so those people were automatically airdropped admit one. They didn't need to claim anything or whatever. And they got the first 11 admit ones that were sent out. And that was a model that like, when I did that, like people were like, oh my God, this is really cool. You're bringing like NFTs into the real world. This was the most fun thing I did in Miami this week. And now POAP has since uh, utilized, you know, that scavenger hunt at different locations and different events uh, throughout the last year. And like, to me, it's very much as like, okay, I think that this would be cool. I did it on a small scale as proof of concept. And then once we know that it works and once that like we prove out the model, then we can scale it, right? And then we can do something bigger. And then at that point, it becomes easier because you're like, oh shit, it worked, right? And so like, as brands come into the space, they're like, oh wow, like admit one or, you know, 90CC did this with a thousand shirts. Like, what if we did this with, you know, 20,000 or 10,000, whatever it is their number is for running a product, because I just showed them proof of concept of how this works. And so that to me is like super important. And like, that's how, like, I think the community scales. Uh, I'm not in any rush to, to come out and, and be like, okay, like next drop is going to be 10,000. Like, I, I want to do it slow, organically. I want to be building the community because I think that's the way like it happens much stronger. But also I'm very much emphasizing that 90TC is not a brand just for Admit One. It is a brand for the greater crypto community. And it's something to signal that you're part of the greater crypto community, not just Admit One. Admit One is your access point to be able to buy it on the primary. Uh, whereas if not, you know, you have to buy it on the secondary, which, you know, I think adds value to Admit One as almost acting as like a, a, a mid pass for all things 90CC and the things that that I'm working on outside of that.
Love it. I like it. Uh, I like this idea very much uh, that you are not, um, you know, rushing it to, um, you know, to, to dilute it too quickly. Um, I have a number of questions here from members that I'm going to get to in a second. I had one other question of my own. Why a t-shirt? Why not something like, say, a watch or, you know, like something that, that is not size dependent? Um, and that maybe has technology built into it. You know what I mean? I wanted a t-shirt one because honestly, I haven't seen any t-shirts that have been crypto native that I liked that I would be like, I will wear this out. I'd want to wear this out every day. And so I made something that I would want, I'd be proud to wear every day. Like I wear my sample, like I wear that almost as much, if not more than I wear like everything else. Right. And so like, I enjoy wearing it. And I, one, I wanted, so it was, part of it was selfish, right? Because I wanted that. And then the other part of it too is, you know, when you're talking about a watch and, you know, the type of it, like everything I do is just going to be super authentic to who I am. So if I were to make a watch, it would be a very expensive watch that you probably wouldn't be making a thousand of, right? And so like that to me is like, you know, I want something that not everybody is priced out of, right? There's only, you know, the, the more expensive a watch is, the more most people get priced out. And so to me, it's like, you know, when I look at things and I want something that I would wear, but then also something that is like semi-affordable, right? In in the sense that it's not, I'm not gonna have to like eat into my life savings in order to, uh, to wear it uh, or, you know, decide whether it's an investment decision long-term or not as most watches are. Uh, but to me, it's like, I wanted, it was really selfish. I wanted something that I would wear, but also uh, could send that signal. Uh, and again, like I, I, we have lots of ideas that we've been like kicking around. And, you know, I think one of the cool things too, will be getting feedback from the community of like things that they want to see um, and things that they would be interested in, because I know I have access to, you know, some of the best partners in the world and also some of the best creators in the world. And we can do some really cool things uh, as collaborations, as, as things just as 9DCC. So to me, it was, it was, it was the, the t-shirt itself is acting as proof of concept. I have a lot of ideas of how I want to gamify the community and things that I think will, you know, be fun because I think right out of the gate, I think one of the cool things is like, making having people to make you have you're gonna have to make decisions right and i think people will start realizing that as we start uh getting closer to the announcement of of the t-shirt drop um of like the decision processes that we'll have to make and and decisions will have to be made out of the gate so i think that that gamification uh and ultimately the gamification of the community in the real world is what i find the most exciting and you know, doing something with a T-shirt is probably the easiest way. You know, a shirt is something that everybody wears every day, um, and is not necessarily a high lift, right? Like there's certain watches that you wear with certain outfits. Uh, if it was a hat, you can't wear a hat. Like you know, it's weather dependent. You know, depending on where you're going and things like that. So I thought a shirt was the most versatile for that sense. And also, again, like it was just very selfish in the sense that I wanted to have something that. I would be very happy to wear like every day if I needed to. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I, I actually was um, meeting up with an admit one member recently in London, and he was wearing a T-shirt that had uh, a picture of a board ape on it. And I asked about the T-shirt and he said that it was from somebody I can't remember who has that board ape and, and they have created the brand. But um, it was like one of those cases of, 
it didn't have the feeling of like what you would see from a board a uh, you know brand right so you would think that if if you have the board ape on there if, if it's been washed a few times that it doesn't uh, that and yeah that it still keeps its look right so i think yeah, yeah you're you're right in that there isn't i haven't really seen um uh, amazing merch uh you know coming to the space i am waiting actually today i'm hoping uh, as we're speaking i will be receiving my uh, my Moonbird merch, so uh, I will find out, you know, what that's like. But in general, I think I agree with you that you know, that really high quality hasn't been there yet. Also, I mean, I, I mean, just to expand on that one step further, right? Is like there. I mean, I have seen some high quality merch. The thing though is, a lot of times the aesthetic isn't for me, right? So when I think of things that like I like to wear, I'm like, oh, if I don't necessarily want to wear a big graphic T-shirt, that's fine. There's some people that do like that aesthetic. But that aesthetic, it just isn't for me. So I want to have something that is more my aesthetic that I feel comfortable wearing um, that maybe isn't so in your face, right? Like it's going to be more understated. And I think if if people look at like my Instagram and like the things that I wear and like usually like what I'm seen in, like you'll probably have an idea of what the brand might be looking like, right? And what the, the guidelines are and what the aesthetic is for things like that. So that to me is, is kind of like my whole thing. It's not necessarily that the lack of quality is there because there's plenty of quality, but you know, I personally don't want, even like with my ape, right? Like I don't necessarily want to be walking around with like my ape on a shirt, right? Like that's just not my aesthetic. I, you know, I, I maybe would have like a piece of clothing, maybe like a bracelet or like a ring or a, a chain or something that maybe has my ape on it, but I wouldn't necessarily want like my ape like on a t-shirt like oversized logo right like right on my chest but that's just me there's some people that would like that right and so to me it's i'm just very much focused on that and an aesthetic that i like that i'm happy to wear but that's the beautiful thing about fashion right is it's a very personal thing so that something that you might love and you might be able to put together and make it your look wouldn't necessarily be mine but you could still look great doing it Classic Craig is asking any designer collabs for 90cc. All talents are from within the brand. Um, there will be the brand will be very collaborative, right? I, I do plan on releasing, uh, you know, 90cc stuff, you know, designed uh, by me and my team. I plan on doing collabs with hopefully brands in the real world. Uh, hopefully uh, creatives in the Web3 space. So it will be a very collaborative process. Uh, I'm not able to talk about any anything just yet but like just know that these are all active conversations that i'm having that i think will be really cool that i personally i only want to do things that i personally get excited about so you know for me to just slap and this is the way i've operated in the space since day one for me to operate and slap my name on something just for the paycheck or just to do it is is not really the thing like um for me, it's stuff that I want to be excited about that I will be excited about. So I have a, a lot of things planned, but you know, a lot of conversations are happening and that's, I can just leave it at that. Exciting. Yes. I, I'm, I'm sure that you will definitely pull together some really amazing collaboration. Um, Tonga is asking the pull technology sounds very cool and can be the key to open the crypto luxury door. So essentially the question is that how is the mechanics of claiming the t-shirt uh, going to happen? Is it like people pay money online first and then they wait for the shipping? Can you explain a little bit about how the mechanics will work? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, that stuff we'll, we'll be talking about more in depth um, in, uh, in a few weeks, but ultimately the, will be, the NFT will be minted. Uh, that will uh, be the t-shirt claim. And then the shirt, the shirt shipping fulfillment will be sent. If the minting happens in August, it'll be hopefully like 30 days after that where fulfillment starts happening. It really is supply chain dependent. So really at the mercy of like the physical world, uh, which is, you know, been a little frustrating because I initially wanted to have the shirt shipping by like the end of next week. So, um, you know, things have been pushed back, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really cool mechanic. I'm really excited for like when we announce it, I think there'll be like a little bit of surprise that people weren't expecting that I think will be fun and add to the, uh, the experience. Lovely. Um, Kiwi is saying that he would like to hear more about how the clothing will be protected from theft and uh, whether there will be an NFT chip woven into some kind of pocket um, so that people can't, uh, can't scan it by simply walking behind your bag. So yeah, so with regards to theft, because that was something that we talked about a lot is there's, and this will lead into the gamification of, of, of stuff that we'll be chatting about more in a, in a few weeks, but with regards to theft directly, right? So the NFT, uh, the NFC chip will actually be woven. Uh, it will be on the fabric itself um, and it will be linked to the t-shirt. Uh, you can, as the owner, lock the NFT to your wallet for, I believe it'll be a max of 90 days so that even if people scan it, they won't be able to, uh, they won't be able to pull it into their wallet because you will have locked it uh, as the owner so that you don't need to worry about people coming up and, and stealing it from you. But even if they were, uh, let's say you didn't lock it and let's say somebody were to come up behind you and, and pull it into their wallet. I mean, as long as you have physical possession, one, they have to pay the transaction costs, right? And it will be on Ethereum. So it's not like it's going to be like 10 cents to pull it into their wallet. It'll be like a couple bucks, obviously, depending on the price of Ethereum or the price of gas. Uh, but then as long as you have physical possession, if somebody comes in and puts it into their wallet, like if you go home, you can go, you know, as long as you have physical possession, you can pull it back into your wallet whenever you want. So uh, there, there wouldn't be necessarily like, let's say long-term theft. And then also you can like gamify it too, as the owner, right. Where we're kind of like messing around with ideas of like, what does that look like? Maybe anybody that pulls the NFT into their wallet, like, you know, what, what kind of happens? Cause it, it it's cool because then it, it almost becomes not necessarily like, the the provenance of ownership but then like provenance of people that you know you've met wearing that shirt right and this is like very much how i distributed my uh, my po apps which ultimately led to the distribution of admit one where people i was giving people po apps that were basically acting as on-chain autographs that they met me right and those wallets were allow listed to to do admit one right to mint admit one for free and so it's like there's this there's this element of like community building and stuff that you can do with that that i think will be fun uh and you know we we like are constantly thinking about it and i i think i might have said a, a little too much my team might be a little upset uh of the stuff that i shared but like that's along the lines of things that we're thinking of that I think could be cool. So uh, with regards to theft straight up, as long as you have physical possession of it, like even if somebody were to pull it into their wallet, you can pull it back in at some point. 
uh, to your wallet. And but then there will also be like a locking option where uh, you can lock it for I think it's the most is 90 days. And the reason why we do that is like if let's say I sell it to you and then I forget to unlock it, um, you want to be able to pull the NFT into your wallet at some point. So that's why there's that expiration. I love it. Like, for example, when I met uh, the other Admit One member the other day, like we could do what you just said to as like a, you know, a, a way to say that, like we met. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Uh, that's, that's such a cool thing that I hope that Moonbird do as well. I think that's that's really cool. Um, awesome. I think we can bring it to an end here. This is definitely a good point. And I will be following your journey. We'll have you back, you know, as new developments happen, as future uh things I, th I think that this is super exciting and i can see that um it's definitely going to uh, make waves awesome yeah thank you I'm, i'm super excited about it happy to come back on the show thank you for having me i hope you enjoyed this conversation with g money be sure to follow him on twitter to learn more about how he's innovating in the space If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.